you for tuning in to Crossroads and Cauldrons. We are two witches with jobs, families, and busy lives just like you. We'll talk about weaving the web of community, practicing magic, and stirring the cauldron in the deep south. I am Selena, and I'm here with my good friend Luna, and you go ahead and say your own name. Hello. (laughs) And I'm Luna. Today we're going to talk about, oh, we were going to tell why we do, why we're doing this podcast. And it was your brilliant idea. So you go. (laughs) Um, Originally uh, being from Mississippi, central Mississippi, there aren't a lot of uh, options for solitary witches or anyone who is considers themselves to be pagan, which pagan in definition is anything that is not uh, Christian. So, which makes it a very, very broad term worldwide. Um, And here in the South, it it is a stigma to not be Christian. So I felt that we needed a podcast to help give support to those of us who do continue to be solitary and those who may not really quite know what they are yet. So just to give them... um, an idea and, you know, maybe be able to provide them areas of where they can go for more information. I think it's a great idea that you had. Um, There's a lot of podcasts out there and none of them that I have found are geared specifically towards um, pagans in the Southeast, you know, in the Bible belt. So I think, um, I think this one's going to be a little bit different because we're going to be focused on the difficulties that we face, in particular, being here in the South. Mm-hmm. The I South. Agree. I agree. So um, why don't we tell... This first episode is called What is a Witch? So we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a witch? What um, sort of stigmas revolve around the word witch? How do you know if you're a witch? Those is sorts witch of things. a dirty word? Witch. Exactly. <laughs> um, so first, I want to talk about how we found out that we are witches and sort of the journey that led us here. And I'm going to let you go first. Are you going to let me go first? I'm going to let you go first. I'll go first. Okay. Um, Let's see. Typical uh, Southern girl, um, born and raised mostly in Mississippi, Uh, played a lot in the woods as a kid. Um, I never really felt comfortable in a church. I knew it was expected of me to be there and to attend, but it just, I never really got it. I understood it, but just never really got it, put it in quotes, you know. Um, So playing in the woods a lot, dealing with nature, um, you know, picking rocks up out of my grandma's driveway when I was a kid and using a rock tumbler, um, all these things I did and never knew what it was leading me to. I just knew that I enjoyed it. And so I still, even today, consider nature as my church. I feel closer to God or the universe or goddess and uh, in nature. So um, as I grew older, of course, I raised my kids in church, just like everybody else in the South is supposed to do. Um, and as I got older and they grew up and went off on their own lives, I started looking a little deeper. And I found a local group uh, close to me that was having a um, an event, a public event. And I went to that and attended my first ritual, 
was totally freaked out through the whole thing. Um, but it resonated with me. And I think I freaked out because you have all these stigmatisms, things you see in the movies, things you read. It's not anything like that at all. And uh, so I, I had myself built up on what to expect, and it was completely off the charts, so not anything I expected, which was even better. And uh, so I've been here ever since. Um, it was really hard for me to actually say I'm a witch it's still really hard because you don't know what how people are going to react to that. Oh, my God, you're a devil worshiper. And that's not what it is at all. Um, so that, in a nutshell, is how I came about to become a witch and be known as a witch. And my boss knows I'm a witch. My friends know I'm a witch. My part, Most of my family knows I'm a witch. Um, and I just, I really enjoy um, being part of this. This life, this lifestyle, I guess you could call it a lifestyle. Religion, spirituality, there's a lot of different things, but it's part of my life, so I'm going to call it lifestyle. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so I had kind of an unusual upbringing because um, I, too, grew up in the South, um, Southern Mississippi, mm -hmm. and I didn't grow up in church. I, um, My mother who I'm just going to call out right now, is um, she was a Southern Baptist preacher's daughter. So she always grew up with questions and never got answers. So she didn't want to do that to us. Um, and it took her a long time to actually be able to say that she wasn't a Christian. And that was after I had been not a Christian for a long time. Was she able to say that comfortably? Um, so for me growing up, my parents were always encouraging me to think and to question and not to just accept whatever it is that I hear. And I was the spiritual one in the family. I was the one that was always questioning and looking and searching and seeking. So when I was about, I guess, 14, 12, 13, probably 12 or 13, I was the one who was dragging my family to church because I was trying to figure out an answer to all my questions. You know, I knew mm -hmm. there was something beyond what we can physically see and feel. And I wanted to figure out what that was. And I felt it when I was outside and I felt it when I was in nature and I felt it when the wind would just suddenly sweep up on you. And that, that was for me, the time that I really felt it a lot was storms and wind and those, right. those times, um, as a child. So I was dragging my family to church right? I'm dragging them to church. And they all came, bless them. And um, I was I was not finding the answers there. I was not, I, I had gotten to the point where, you know, I was in the youth group and all my friends were baptized and everyone was feeling these things that I wasn't feeling, you know? And so I, <laughs> the breaking point for me was, there were two, two breaking points. Um, one, was when I pretty much forced myself to cry at church so that every so that so that I didn't feel left out because everybody else <laughs> all the other teenagers you know were crying and going up to the altar and I was like oh it's up there mm -hmm. if I cry and go up there then I'm gonna feel it mm -hmm. I didn't feel it um, I did feel like a big old hypocrite though um, and then also I felt like if I was baptized 
then I would, I would feel it. It would happen. That's when all my sins would be washed away Mm -hmm. and I would be made new. Um, but I didn't feel new. I didn't (laughs) feel it. I still didn't feel it. Um, and there was a moment after that when I was so upset with myself because obviously I was not a good Christian. I wasn't connecting with God. I wasn't, I was asking too many questions. I didn't have the blind faith of a child that you need to be, you know, to be accepted in that environment. And I felt like a failure. And I remember being um, a teenager. I was in my bed and I was crying and I was praying and I was saying, please, God, take these doubts away from me, you know, make me stop having questions, you know, and something struck me that this is ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. this is just not your path and there's nothing wrong with it. And it's a perfectly valid path. It's just not your path. Right. Um, and so I was able to set that aside and start exploring and reading. And fortunately, my parents were very welcoming and would get me whatever books that I wanted. And, you know, they didn't really give me any trouble, <laughs> which awesome. was which was nice. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it's kind of different. I have a different experience than a lot of people in the South because of my parents. Um, it also helped that I was homeschooled through from seventh grade uh, all the way through high school. So I didn't have a lot of the peer pressure at school that a lot of pagan teenagers had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to explore and experiment. And, you know, my mom would take me and get whatever candles I wanted and all of that. So I'm a little bit of an anomaly as far as a typical Southern journey. But I also have kind of the benefit of being able to have seen it mm-hmm. from from an outside perspective, even as a, a young person. Um, so I definitely see and watch uh, my friends and people sort of struggle to find their paths and feeling isolated and feeling sort of left out um, from the greater spiritual community here mm-hmm. in the South. Um, so that's, that's pretty much, that's my early journey. And I, I've been rambling. People were supposed to stop me when I ramble. (laughs) Um, So after that, um, you know, I just was reading everything, everything I could find um, and trying to piece together what, what is it that, you know, I believe everybody asks, what do you believe? And I'm like, well, how long do you have? (laughs) Um, It's such a big question. So I was trying to figure that out and answer that for myself. And I still am. And it's, it's an ongoing journey. Mm -hmm. Um, but eventually I landed on, just like you, I landed on um, a local group that had, it was offering classes and it was just, you know, this, this lady's teaching classes. So I was like, okay, went to the class and I was like, oh yes, this is what I need. I need a little bit of structure for myself. Um, so that's, that started, that's how I, I met you was the same, same group. I was yep. taking classes, going to rituals and that's what brought us together. So we want to share our journey and our learning um, with everyone, everyone. Yay. So that's where we are. <laughs> so um, so now you know all of our uh, past experience, what brought us here. Um, so the question for this podcast <clears throat> is, what is a witch? What is a witch? Um, my teacher says that you can ask... If you ask 10 witches, what is a witch? You're going to get 12 different different answers. answers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, I'm going to read the dictionary definition because I looked it up earlier when I was preparing and I thought it was funny. So there are, hold on. Oh, there's a, okay, there it is. Um, There are three, there are four, four definitions. I'm going to read them all. 
Definition one. A woman thought to have magical powers, especially evil ones. Ooh, yay. <laughs> popularly depicted as wearing a black cloak and a pointed hat and flying on a broomstick. That mm-hmm. part's true. Um, oh, there's a little nudge down here that says a follower or practitioner of Wicca or modern witchcraft, but that's not the legitimate mm-hmm. definition. Okay, and the second definition, an ugly or unpleasant woman. Sometimes. We can be. Sometimes. Uh, the third definition, a girl or woman who is bewitchingly attractive. Also we true. We can be that too. That's true. Uh, number four, an edible North Atlantic flatfish that is of some commercial value. I didn't that know that. Not. I didn't know that. No. <laughs> um, so <laughs> what do you think a witch is, Luna? Um, let's see. Well, uh, you know, just like you said, you guessed 10 witches, the same question. You'll get 13 different answers and you're right. Um, for me personally, uh, being a witch is getting more back to a, uh, nature spirituality, not just, and now I'm not talking Wicca based or any specific witchcraft based, um, but more back to what we probably were originally before Christianity came along, um, I mean, if you go to church and you light a candle for someone, that started somewhere. The same thing with burning incense in the church. That also started somewhere. Um, And you can go through, I mean, Christmas is not a Christian holiday originally. It's actually a pagan one. So is Easter. And, you know, you go on down the line. So for me, I think... For me personally, I say witchcraft, which is getting back to our natural spirituality of what we should actually be using. But that's my personal opinion. I um, I have a similar opinion. Um, I think that to be a witch means that, at least as far as if you if you're practicing witchcraft, I feel like on some level you're a witch, even though there's some disagreement on that specific topic. Um. Because Christians practice witchcraft, specifically Catholics, the things that they're doing mm-hmm. would be considered witchcraft in a right. lot of, in a lot of um, if you look at it sort of objectively. Um, but for me, a witch exactly is, is someone who is seeking that connection, that, that sees the divine in all of nature, all of, including themselves. Mm-hmm. And you're looking for that connection or reconnection at this point. Um, so for me... A witch is someone who walks between those worlds, you know, that that can see the spiritual side of everything. Mm-hmm. And there are so many different ways to practice witchcraft and different um, different concepts of how it all works and how magic works and whether or not you use magic in your in your practice and things like that. Um, I also think that witches are healers, um, not not necessarily. Um, physical body healers, but definitely that too. But we're healers of ourselves and healers of the earth and healers whenever, wherever we go, we, we work to transform the energy of that space to a more balanced, more healthy energy, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's a very important role um, of a witch, but also, yes, we definitely, how do you feel about magic, Luna? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, casting spells and all of that, right? I think it all comes down to energy mm-hmm. um, and intent. Someone's intent is energy as well. So it all just comes straight back to energy. Everything does. Prayer is sending up intent. It's sending up thought, love, 
hope, it, it all comes straight back to energy. So that's what I think magic is. I agree. I agree. And I think that we use it to, um, we use it to express whatever our will happens to be. Um, so that's not always, you know, I'm not going to hex the neighbor because their dog won't stop barking or the dog. Um, you know, that's, (laughs) that's kind of, um, a movie representation of witches. You know, we're not just greedy fiends who are just out casting spells against everyone. Mm-hmm. That's just not out for ourselves. That's not it. Works. Yeah, no. no, the majority of my magic focuses on my own healing and my own, you know, processing my own traumas and my life experiences and mm-hmm. trying to grow as a person and balance out my day to day life. You mm-hmm. know, that's where the majority of my magic is. Um, I do a fair bit of healing work. Um, you do too. Mm-hmm. You are a Reiki practitioner, aren't I you, am Luna? I'm a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. So definitely, that aspect of of the witch as a healer is an important role in Absolutely. your life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do we do manipulate um, events to to towards our towards our purposes and things like that. But they're not they're not evil purposes. No, um, because there's a there's a belief within paganism and witchcraft that what you put out comes back to you and there's a whole there's there's tons of theories on um the science of how that works and Mm -hmm. why that works and it's all wonderful and hopefully we'll cover that in a future podcast but that's sort of outside the scope of this one um but but yeah so if you put out harmful things if you walk around just being a generally jerk of a person or Mm -hmm. or trying to hex people, right. um, that's all going to come back to you. Absolutely. And, it is. And usually much, much worse than what you put out to begin with. Right. It comes yeah. back magnified, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so my next question. So so we've established um, what a witch is to, to you and I. Right. Um, and I think those are pretty some pretty common concepts within paganism mm-hmm. in general. Um but not everyone that practices witchcraft considers themselves pagan. Right. There are there are Christian witches. Mm-hmm. There are um, Jewish people that practice witchcraft. Yep. Um, all sorts of people that mm-hmm. that practice witchcraft as far as folk magic and prayer magic and candle magic and things like that. Right. But they don't consider themselves pagan. They have a completely different um, theology, mm-hmm. and I think that's interesting. But I don't know very much about it, so we'll have to get somebody in here we'll one day. We'll definitely have to get someone a guest <laughs> on the show for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's also a, a lot of dispute about whether witchcraft is a religion mm-hmm. or a spirituality, or right. if it's not a religion. And I know a lot of people on both sides of the fence that feel very strongly. So, what do you think? What do you think witchcraft is? Do you think it's a religion? For me, no. Um, for me, it's more of a uh, spiritual practice. I don't particularly like the word religion. Um, it just it feels like you're taking everything and putting it in a nice little box and putting a tag on it and say, here, this is what this is. Um, I mean, I just I don't particularly dislike the word religion. So I would I would definitely say that it's more of a spiritual practice. Okay. I can see that. I can see that um, for sure. And I kind of feel the same way. Um, but I do, I appreciate the the usefulness 
of the word religion Mm -hmm. and the term because particularly dealing with um, legal entities and legal matters. If you're not, yeah, well, (laughs) but I mean, if you're, but it is part of our life. It's part of what affects us. Um, If, if it's not a religion, then, then you lose some protections legally. Um, That's very true. But also I think there's a lot of fear wrapped around the word religion just Mm -hmm. because it draws up images of, you know, all of the dogma and, and like you said, the box mm-hmm. of of strict structures and hierarchy, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that in right. my in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that may come down to sort of our different journeys. Because for me, religion wasn't really a scary word because I didn't grow up with it sort of mm-hmm. hovering over me. Right, but you did, so right. I can definitely see why you would, you know, want to distance yourself from the word religion. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I do feel like. It's it it is spirituality, of course. Everything everything to do with religion, hopefully, is is spiritual, and mm-hmm. it's based on you know what is your theology, you know, right. um, how do you connect with deity? What is what does that mean to you? How do you explain the divine? You mm-hmm. know, so for me, it it is a religion, um, but it's also a spirituality, and and I don't think that religion in this context comes with comes with the dogma that mm-hmm. that it can come with in other other traditions even right. even among pagans and witches there are some some extremely dogmatic traditions out there and that works mm-hmm. for that works for people a lot of people really like that structure right. um it doesn't work for me um i <laughs> speaking of um i am of the temple of witchcraft tradition which is i, I should probably clarify is extremely eclectic um we are more focused on practice and experiment and study. So we do have a tradition, but it's sort of evolved, I think, from from just our learning because we don't, there's not a specific deity that you have to worship, but there's not a specific way that you have to do things. Mm-hmm. It's very open, which is probably why that's the first time I felt comfortable calling, choosing a tradition. You know, there's, there's all different sorts of traditions that would, a tradition would be sort of like a denomination, Mm -hmm. um, for anyone who's wondering what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, it'd be, it'd be akin to a denomination among Christian, um, traditions. (laughs) (laughs) I I ran out of things to say. Um, but for, for me, the one that, that resonated with me was the temple tradition because it's not limiting and it doesn't have that hierarchy. And it's about, you don't, you don't have to go through anyone else to connect with the divine. It's encouraging you to go listen to your own guides, listen to your intuition, right? You know? Make up your mind for yourself. Exactly. Right. F- find deity and speak to them yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I really like about that. Um, and I've lost track. You talk about something. You're fine. <laughs> Am I good? Right. Um, I agree. Uh, it, it's very appealing when someone isn't sitting there hammering into your head. This is what you believe. This is what you th- you think. This is what you see. This is what you do. Um, and for me, religion—that's what religion means to me. Because, and you know, you're right. Growing up, that's that's what I knew. I mean, my grandfather was a preacher. Uh, my dad was a preacher's kid, and 
he had had it hammered into his head so hard over the years that when I came along, he didn't want to go to church anymore. I kind of made him go because I was like you looking for something. Um, and I liked the camaraderie with the kids and, you know, the adults were so sweet, uh, getting off subject. Oh, you're good. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I like the idea of someone having a a set out schedule of things for you to go over and learn pertaining to witchcraft, magic, um, and making it interesting and then saying, okay, this is what we have to present to you. You get to make up your own mind. If you think it's a loadable, it's loadable, you know. <laughs> But they're not going to condemn you for it. They're not going to sit there and chastise you for it and say, well, you're going to hell because this is what you believe, um, because you believe differently than I do. That's I like that freedom. It, it means so much. Your temple tradition as well, yes? I am, you yes. Are. I okay. actually am. <laughs> well, that, I didn't want to plug it. I was going to let play, you do I'll it. I'll plug it. Well, but I, I am. I actually <laughs> uh, finished... Uh, my first year, W1. And that's what appealed to me uh, with the temple was that they let you make up your own mind. Nothing, nothing encourages. Is forced. Yes, they do. Yeah. They Think about this. Try this. Do mm-hmm. this and tell us what you think about it and what you felt and what you experienced or what you saw. And you can take that and make it yours. That That's yours. That's not someone telling you, preaching to you. This is what you have to do. And so that's what really appealed to me through the whole thing. Because to be honest with you, when I jumped into it, <laughs> I was like, oh, God, what am I doing? <laughs> and because uh, it went against everything, yeah. everything that I had been raised and, and conditioned to believe growing up. But I already didn't believe everything that conditioned me to when right. I jumped into it. So I took a leap of faith and looked at it. Well, I'm very glad that you did. I am too. But yeah, along the same lines, and I think that ties into sort of what we deal with here in the South, mm-hmm. um, because we we have these, I'm not going to say wounds necessarily, but sometimes definitely mm-hmm. um, wounds from from whatever our, our previous um, religious raising or experience was. Um, there's a lot of, you believe this, period. There's no other way. Right. And even among, like I mentioned before, even among certain, I've been, in, I've been part of the um, community around here for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And even within pagan communities, you find some of that too. And I mm-hmm. don't know if, you know, if it sort of stems from that's, that's how people are raised. And so they just sort of file off the serial numbers and mm-hmm. change the names. Um and then continue a sort of a dogmatic structure in, in the way they present their ideas right. or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely try to avoid that. And I, like you, have, have been through, um, this is my final year of training Ooh. through the Temple of Witchcraft. So I'm on so my way. That's Well, seven altogether. But it's the fifth year of training. There's a little bit of a break between classes. Mm-hmm. Um but I really liked that, and it drew me in, and I think it really speaks to people in the South because we're looking for something that's not going to tell us what to do. Right. You know, it's going to say, "Hey, these are these are these different um, aspects of modern witchcraft, and mm-hmm. I want you to try it. I want you to study it. I want you to learn meditation. I want you to learn energy work. I want you to learn this and that." 
try it. If it works for you, keep it in your personal practice. If it doesn't, don't keep it in mm-hmm. your personal practice, right. you know, because your journey is going to be different than anyone else's. Mm-hmm. But these are the overall concepts. I want you to learn them and then, um, you know, keep them if you will. Throw them out if, if that's what works for you. Um, but it was a very much a try this experimental. Is that a word? Experimental. Yes, experimental. <laughs> I think I added some extra letters in there. <laughs> um, okay. Um, you know, try it. It's a, it's a scientific approach, you know, which I, I really enjoy. And I, and I think that speaks to our Southern souls because we, it seems like no matter where you go, yeah, somebody's telling you how you got to live your life. Oh, yeah. I mean, even outside of the realm of spirituality, you know, women, mm-hmm. um, people's sexuality, gender identity, all of that is how to very dress, how to act, strictly controlled. How um, to raise your kids. Yes. Um, and that's <laughs> and that brings me to something. I wrote a note while you were talking sure. because um, you, you reminded me of something I want to talk about. And that is, um, and it's along the same lines, is it's so important to know why you're doing the things that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we continue this podcast, there's going to be lots of talk about different different types of magic and different types of, hopefully, different, um, different traditions and different styles of witchcraft and all that stuff. And the the thing that I really want to drive home in all of it is why, why it's important to us, why it works, mm-hmm. you know, not, and it, and if the answer is ever because that's what I was told, then then it, that is the wrong answer. It's not going to be here. Yeah. No. Um, so I definitely, that's such an important thing. And I don't remember what you said that made me think of that. But <laughs> it's important to know why we do things. Don't do not do it because you read it in a book. And that's, that's right. what your teacher told you to do. Like, why does it work for you? Mm-hmm. Question um, everything. And there was another thing. I wrote two notes while you were talking. Oh. Um, the second one. You were busy. <laughs> I was so busy. But I was also listening very intently. And, and that's true. Um, you mentioned we're all over the place. It's I, okay. I do notice that. Okay. Um, you mentioned when you were talking about um, you're growing up and how nice everybody was at church and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. That is such an important thing that I think is missing from just the witchcraft soul in the South. Mm-hmm. And it probably hurts us more than we realize mm-hmm. because it's so easy to just push everyone away It is because you feel like you've been pushed away and you probably have. <clears throat> um, you, you have, you definitely <laughs> have, um, but we don't have in general. I mean, there are pockets um, and we definitely have a really loving, wonderful pocket of, of community. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, we don't have community. And and this is what this is one of the things that really came oh, that's not the right beginning of that sentence. This is um something that that stood out to me at the time. Um mm-hmm. I was going to a funeral. My husband's grandmother had passed away, and I went to the funeral. And by this time, of course, I had been I mean, I I was 14 when I realized I was a witch or a pagan or whatever, you know, I realized that I was definitely not a Christian and I was, mm-hmm. so, so it's not, there wasn't a question. I keep clicking my pin. That's me. I, I need it back. So <laughs> click. Um, I, I already knew and had known for a long, long, long time that I was definitely not a Christian. I was a witch and I knew what I was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to this funeral and Everyone at the church had gotten together and, you know, they make all those casseroles Mm -hmm. and um, everybody had cooked and I was a part of the family and it wasn't my family, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it was my family, but it was my, um, it was my married family. So I never went to this church. I didn't know these people. They didn't know me, Mm -hmm. but I was, you know, a part of the family. So I was at all the meals and in the front of the line Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And so I felt super uncomfortable just, you know, um, but they came out and they hugged me and they fed me and they didn't even know me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is what I'm missing. Right. I was like, what happens if I die? My children aren't going to have somebody to make them a bunch of casseroles and hug them <laughs> and comfort them. Right. And that was the moment. And I told my husband this because I talk nonstop when I'm in the car with him. Poor, poor guy. I keep hitting the table with my <laughs> knee. Um, <laughs> I told my husband that this is what was missing. And I need this. I need community. And mm. that's when I started thinking about setting up my own community. Of course, right. it didn't work out. I'm too busy. But um, But then I found this this local community and Mm -hmm. it fills so many of those gaps that we don't even realize that those wounds are still festering. Right. Even when we're practicing as solitaries, Mm -hmm. we need that. We need each other. We need to know that, you know, when I die, I'm not going to have a Christian burial or I'm not, there's not going to be an uproar at my funeral. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's more important than I think we realize. I think we get used to being isolated and feeling separate Mm -hmm. and we start to feel like that's okay. And I think you hit on a very, very strong note here about this because I was thinking on the opposite end of the spectrum where we have a mutual friend who was going through physical therapy and it was at a local hospital, which is Christian based hospital. And she went in and they were like, oh, well, what church do you go to, honey? And, uh, you know, where do you go? And all that kind of stuff. And she told them, she said, well, I don't go anywhere. I'm not Christian. And she said, these very friendly sweet, sweet people who had been sitting there with her for probably almost an hour, if not more, suddenly went dead silent, said absolutely nothing to her for the rest of the time. And it broke her heart. You cannot do that to people. You Mm -mm. really can't. And when you say that's what we're missing, that's exactly what we're missing is that we welcome you in and we need to keep that because... The opposite end of the spectrum is that chastisement that, well, you're not Christians, so go away. And humanly speaking, that's just not acceptable to me. We need that. We welcome you in. We're going to feed you. We're going to welcome you. We're going to make you feel good. We're going to comfort you in your times of need and and make you laugh in the times that you need. And um, with our community that we have established here and that we get to participate in, that's exactly one of the main things that I focus on when we have someone new come in, um, is to make them feel welcome, to be able to sit there and ask us questions and not feel like we're going to say, you you know, go away or, you know, you're not part of the group, you know, because you asked a question. I think, I believe in questioning everything. Mm-hmm. So, If they come to our group or come to us, I want them to feel they can ask those questions. And we're going to answer them the best we can. Some of them, we may not have answers for them at all. We may go, I don't know. I've been trying to answer that one for a long time myself. But um, yeah, we definitely absolutely need that. Need that. I think that's important, you know, particularly for Southern people, because Mm -hmm. and particularly in Mississippi, we're the hospitality state, right? Mm -hmm. You don't, when you meet somebody at a bus stop, 
you're going to know their entire life story oh, yeah. before the bus comes. We don't really have a lot of buses, so I don't know why that analogy came to my <laughs> mind. Um, but no, everywhere you go, people are going to talk to you. They're mm-hmm. going to tell you everything about their life. And we love that. We yeah. eat that shit up. Oh, yeah. Um, so for, for us to be isolated mm-hmm. and not to be able to feel comfortable speaking and and not to feel welcome and not to feel that hospitality, mm-hmm. it's like you're in, you feel like you're in a completely alien environment, right. you know, like you, like you're from outer space and you landed mm-hmm. on a different planet Exactly. Um, because you're so separate. You, you, you know, you can't even enjoy the culture that you grew up in, mm-hmm. you know, um, and Christianity and Southern Baptist, um, Theology is so interlaced, even in our communications and mm-hmm. our our words and our colloquialisms. Government. Did I say that right? Even our government. I did. <laughs> well, sure. Um, and it's just <laughs> let's just let's not. Um, yeah, let's not go. Let's there. not. Uh, but it's it's increasingly difficult, I would say, or especially difficult for Southerners um, to be solitary practitioners. Um, I've been there. You know, you've been there. I think everybody starts off there, but that's the overarching thing that I hear when people find our community or mm-hmm. come come to um, speak with us or whatever, that they're shocked to see so many faces and to be able to speak openly. And there's been so many times where people were sort of brought to tears because they didn't, they had been alone so long, mm-hmm. they didn't even realize that they don't really thrive being alone right. or or they need that. And that, that's not for everybody. Some people really do thrive completely alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know any, but I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> um, but I think if it's so listening. important. I think it's so important for, for Southerners. I will just go ahead and say in particular that we have community and that we have, that we're able to, reach out and take care of each other and, mm-hmm. you know, that's lean so on important. each other. I think we've covered everything that we were going to talk about. And I will say this is the first podcast. This mm-hmm. is the first episode. And we just kind of wanted to cover some basics of, um, of what we are. And then we can go forward into all the super fun, interesting topics. Um, and uh, the next, we're going to do a little bit, a little series on the witch's pyramid. And so our next podcast will be on the corner of the pyramid to know. So it's going to be about um, mystery schools and education and um, how to learn your path. So it's going to be really interesting and you'll have to tune into that. And you have the phone number. I do. And uh, if you have any questions, um, some ideas for um future podcasts or comments, uh, you can call us directly here at 769-230-0305 and you can leave us a message and we will get back with you. And you can find us on all your podcast providers by searching Crossroads and Cauldrons. And I'm Selena. And I'm Luna. And we'll catch you next time. See y'all.